wig? Did you just say wig? Wig, okay. Good, because we're recording. <laughs> hey, hey. Hi, I'm Artier. I'm C. Tepper. And this is Wig Out. out. <laughs> and um, today we are so lucky. This is the most important episode. It really is. Because oh. we wanted to call this the Untitled Podcast. Uh, <laughs> we, we definitely debated it. Um, <laughs> we are well, interviewing we, our queen. Yeah, like we really yeah. just want to talk about her on every episode, but oh, we yes, don't. Kind. I think you are mentioned. You're mentioned at, <laughs> at least, least three yeah. or four. Episodes. So I mean, nice. we're only up to like nine. That's so nice. Yeah, this will be the ninth nine. episode. Yeah. Um, so, but so yeah, kind. Thank we're, you. we're interviewing Untitled Queen. Queen. <laughs> Yay! Our Lord and Savior of drag. <laughs> thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming all the way to Crown Heights. Um, I know it's so far from Bed-Stuy. It's a hop skips. Hop yeah. skipping away. Yeah, Caitlin, you want to you want to get started? I'm gonna start. Okay, okay. Work. just like last time. Love that. <laughs> I, I, last time I started, I because I just listened to it again. I started asking questions before I introduced our guest. Oh, <laughs> she fully did. I was I, like, Caitlin, like, who are we talking? I was like, why did you keep that in? You should have edited that out. You know, verite. But, you know, get into keeping it. Keeping it right? cute. Yeah. So you are our true New York City queen. Oh. Yeah, a lot of queens come here from. The Midwest and gentrify places. I think you you're our first really native queen. Right? Yeah, besides yeah. me. Besides <laughs> you, whatever. Well, the, the funny thing is, so you grew up on Governor's Island, yep. and I grew up on Staten Island, mm. and you grew up like the Fort area, and I grew up also on like a Fort, Fort Wadsworth. I didn't grow up there, but next to it. Mm. So like, I feel like we kind of have similar. And we have like parallel like uh, ferry lines, you know, yeah. like <laughs> yeah, you no, know, literally. You still like, like wave to people we were, on the side. We, we grew up super yeah. close to each other, but obviously yeah. we didn't know each other. Uh, how is like life like growing up on Governor's Island? Oh, I loved it. It's really interesting. So Governor's Island was a Coast Guard base. Um, my father was in the Coast Guard. Mine too. And oh yes, <laughs> Coasties. Oh, okay. Um, so I really loved it. It was really, I just was describe it to people, it was very diverse um, kind of um, nationalities and groups because there was all these different people stationed all over the world that were coming there. And um, so I grew up, uh, I'm half Filipino and half Puerto Rican, so there's a big like Asian community there growing up I and mean, also just super diverse. Um, and I called it pretty like idyllic because it was a very small place and you couldn't get on unless you were military or sponsored by military. Mm -hmm. So I think of it like when I see like 1950s movies, it was kind of like that. Like everybody really knew each other. Like, you know, the speed limit was like 15 miles an hour. It was like really slow. You could have cars there. Yeah, Yeah, cars there because our ferry could take cars. So yeah, you could have cars. Um, And uh, yeah, like, you know, you didn't like lock your doors and it was a very like tight knit kind of community. And um, I think military families have, are very tight knit because they also go through a lot of similar situations growing up yeah. with their families and working life. So I feel like that's always a really kind of um, ingrown kind of network. Um, so it was really beautiful. I really loved it. Um, and then it shut down when I was 12 and then uh-huh. and then I moved. So I haven't been in New York forever. I was born here, but yeah. I spent um, high school and undergrad in Connecticut. Um, which oh, was gotcha. very different. Yeah, I can imagine. Which <laughs> is wow. not as nice. Um, not as nice? It was very, um, uh, a diff- uh, lot more, 
very conservative and a lot more um, whitewashed, super not diverse. Sounds um, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, not. So. And yeah. was everyone really wealthy? Um, no, not everyone was really oh, wealthy. Okay. I didn't, I wasn't, That's what I was um, no, I mean, <laughs> there's definitely areas for sure, um, that are, that are very wealthy, but, um, the area that I was in was not, it was a pretty, pretty small town. I actually mm. grew up near, um, two really huge casinos, Mohegan Sun and Foxwood. Uh, so course. I basically oh, wow. was there, of <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's not like the area or the people necessarily around there are wealthy, but mm. yeah. So how did you like discover drag? Oh, um, so I went to visual arts school uh, for my master's at Parsons. So that's when I came back to New York mm-hmm. in 2007. And I tell people, like, I think I've been doing drag forever. I just didn't know that, like, what's what you could call it. Mm-hmm. But, um, and everyone in art school knew it definitely well before me. So, um, I I had professors and stuff say like, oh, wow, these like drawings of yours, they look like drag queens. And I was like, um, that's not me at all. It's like totally left field. doesn't make any sense. And um, I had I went to school with um, a DJ and sound artist named Jess Ramsey, who's mm-hmm. one of my best friends. And she really encouraged me to do it um, because she was like DJing in nightlife already. And she thought it really made sense. In Brooklyn? Uh, just in it, general, because oh, like, she was, just all over. yeah, just all over, mm-hmm. but she, she was DJing, actually she used to DJ like karaoke nights with Peppermint, that's actually, I remember like oh, wow. going to like visit her at XS, which is the club that she used to DJ at, um, like she was like pretty like what wide ranging, this? <laughs> this would be 2012, right, no, t- 2009, 2010, okay. 11 area, oh, wow. yeah. um, but I still wasn't that interested in it, mm-hmm. um, and like, they were all watching Drag Race and I wasn't that into it. And then um, I just I just tried it and then um, it kind of snowballed mm-hmm. when I met um, Mary Cherry and I did Dragnet mm-hmm. um, con- contest at Metropolitan Bar and that's how it kind of went snowballed over the hill. Everything. Over the hill and that's when I lost everything. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I gained everything. Yeah. Um, I remember, because me and Caitlin went to your um, viewing of... Um, what was it called? Um, Tu Wang Fu. Tu Wang Fu. Yes, thank you. Sorry. I mean, there's Did that introduce you to drag at all, or just? Um, you know, it's kind of funny because it's like now I think back on various things about drag. It's like when I was going out when I was like 18, 19, like in Connecticut, we would drive all the way to Rhode Island to go to clubs and stuff, <laughs> and like I would very rarely see a drag show, and then. I thought it was cool, but I was never interested in being like, oh, I want to try this. Or it didn't fascinate me enough. And it wasn't a culture of like knowing these people so hardcore, Mm -hmm. like, you know, getting into it. So, um, Tu Wang Fu definitely was something I'd seen that had drag in it that I loved, but I didn't, wasn't like thinking about it. Like, oh, I wanted to do, do it. And then like, I also, one thing I used to really love was, um, Brini Maxwell's show on Style Network. And like, um, it's just this amazing, um, New York, she's like a New York, a New York based drag queen. She, um, she still does work, but she used to have a public access television show and she's basically like a kind of 
Amy Sedaris, Martha Stewart style. Not as hardcore Amy Sedaris, more like Martha Stewart-esque uh-huh. version of like a drag queen, very like mm-hmm. 1960s and like super cute, but like a uh, quippy kind of personality. Mm-hmm. And she had a style network show that was just like her entertaining, like and her decor is very like 60s, 70s. Mm-hmm. And it was all about like how to achieve these various looks. And I was like, oh yeah, I used to watch that show all the time. And <laughs> like, I know she was a drag queen. It wasn't about like, these said performance elements so she yeah. was just like a drag entertainer mm-hmm. and then also it's like of course I watched like RuPaul's talk show and mm-hmm. also there's all these like elements I think I grew up they were within my like uh, cultural like intake but mm-hmm. um, I just didn't think of it necessarily yeah. all grouped together as something about drag but yeah <laughs> today you're like an artist yeah. a drag queen <laughs> and you also work full time how do you like yeah. balance it all uh i don't um, <laughs> <laughs> that's my like short and real answer is i don't i don't balance it um it's really difficult uh it's really challenging um i think anybody i mean and, you know we're in this big group of creatives um in new york and it's a real hustle to really try to make it here and then also you know sustain um a living um so yeah, it's really hard. I think, uh, you know, I'm really fortunate. Like I came here to, you know, go to school and I created a network of artists that um, really supported me. And then when I entered doing drag, that was a whole other network I wasn't ever expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A group of friends and a, and a whole system that really supported me. So um, I think now I'm really fortunate enough to not, uh, to be uh, have opportunities, you know, given to me where I don't have to, pursue it and do it so often so I can a little bit pick and choose a little bit more mm-hmm. um, to fit my schedule a bit better um, but yeah I don't know <laughs> I don't know how I do it like I lose you know a lot of sleep and stuff like that but um, I love it I mean I love it and hate it I love and hate like doing art it's, you know it's hardcore and it's so intense um, but I don't really know any other way to be so <laughs> I try to make it work uh, you just had a show close correct yes and was that like the not the first time but I, I feel like some of your more recent work has more drag influences in it would you say that's accurate <laughs> oh um l- like you mean like versus sort of more like contemporary art specifics yeah kind of thing? yeah um yeah I mean now I mean I feel like a big part of my work now is to really um sort of melt these kind of barriers between mm-hmm. these things or like mm-hmm. labels because I think I don't think they're really made up things you mm-hmm. know categories that make us sort of partition out like what what belongs where and how we act where and like what is the measure of success where and I feel like they're so self-imposed so I've been trying to sort of unlearn all these kind of things and I really feel like drag is just a is just a medium of my artwork it's all yeah. one and the same so yeah. I feel like it's one fluid universe of my work is creative practice just mm-hmm. involves drag and so they I think what I'm really interested in now is kind of blending the modes of these spaces so kind mm-hmm. of so like when I did the Rosemont show that I did mm-hmm. earlier this year was kind of trying to bring um these contemporary art modes of like sculpture and installation and like artist statement Mm -hmm. and like how bringing that to like the intimacy and the kind of 
immediacy of the nightclub because I love both of these things and like I feel like this is where my work is really heading towards mm. um, and the residency recently the show that I just did was for the shift residency and that's kind of where I really started to, uh, it was a year long um, that's where I really started to mm. kind of explore these things and to yeah. think about like what does it mean to bring sculpture into this space and then talk about art stuff and think about these you know, quote unquote, what, what we would call art artist statements and mm -hmm. curatorial statements, and how can we kind of make it accessible on all levels and make it really kind of swim between the two things? Yeah, yeah. I really liked it. I really liked it. I like both shows. <laughs> <obviously>. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I um, I think I told Caitlin this. I stole a rock from your. Um, oh, I'm you were supposed to. So oh, okay, supposed to. <laughs> you were supposed to. I was so like I couldn't go because of work, but like I really wanted a rock. You were supposed. Um, <laughs> I didn't tell anybody. At the, I forgot to tell people they could take them publicly because I didn't want them all gone mm -hmm. yeah, before yeah, it was course. over. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then the only people that knew it were the people like I mentioned it to way, way before. So they were already like, hey, I got one or people who just stole them. So I was like, <laughs> I'm glad because I wasn't going to take them anywhere. I have this thing that like I say, like installation art is not a New York artist sport like it's yeah. not meant for here, even though like I'm prone to like, you know, wanting to make that work. It's like. I can't live with it. It's like everything's always living on top of me and that's mm. how I, how I work, but it's crazy. Like I can't take back all this stuff. So I've tried yeah. like not to, um, totally waste and like throw everything out. So you just try and recycle elements like that yeah, and yeah. get them out. Yeah. So at the show, the gallery show, I did the same thing mm. that last night, uh, yeah. closing, I had people take, take them gotcha. they wanted them. Um, cause I saw your, I think it was your story this, morning or maybe yeah. yesterday where you were stomping on them i'm like she oh, just made yeah. a new piece yeah i know i was like <laughs> i should be a new thing yeah i was crushing them to flatten them to put them in and then someone's like you should frame them I'm like i have no room i can't i can't live like when i installed where? that show um a friend uh in this show uh picked uh, rented a u-haul and picked me up and all the stuff in that installation was in my apartment so when i was packing up and like leaving I had someone in my building was like, are you moving out? And I was like, no, I'm literally just moving an art installation's worth of shit. Like that's how wow. many bags it looked like I had. It looked like I was leaving. And I was like, no. And I was like, oh, I've just been living with all this stuff on top oh of me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but, you know, it's like silly. I love, that. I love that though. What inspires your like art and your drag? Oh, um, I mean, everything. I feel like... I feel like I try to be open, my brain open to being like inspired. I mean, I just also, I'm just like naturally inspired by like tons of things. It's like, I, I say I get a lot of inspiration when I'm out, I say shopping. It's not really shopping to like look, look particularly to be shopping for mm -hmm. something. But like when I go to a dollar store, I find those places, that place to be very inspirational because there's so many different kinds of things to find there that could be used for oh, who knows what. So my yeah. brain is always like, I've never like, you know, some people have asked me about like my process, like it never starts in the same place. So I'm always just looking and like seeing like, Oh gosh, I could use this for something else. So this makes me think of like a poem I just read or an anime I'm watching. I'm really inspired a lot, you know, recently by mm -hmm. anime. I'm always watching food television. So <laughs> I'm always watching great British bake off. So I'm always inspired by like, oh, the colors and the stories. Show. So good. Um, and of course in New York, there's just so much stimulus and like creative things. It's like people are wearing amazing clothes or you see something on the street that's like an old book or like someone's, you know, old headdress or something like, um, so I feel like I'm constantly inspired even from places, I think more, um, you know, 
indirect things that aren't necessarily meant, you know, it's not like a, an art show that I'm going to see specifically that like, oh, it's the only thing that inspires me. So, well, yeah. one of my favorite things with your Instagram is I was like, about to say yeah, that, yeah. I, I know we're on the same page with you. Today. <laughs> <laughs> like I can feel it. But um, like on your Instagram, when you do numbers, like you cite every single like inspiration <laughs> for that. And it's like <clears throat> so well thought out. I feel like most queens don't put half as much effort into their um, like. I took work. a class um, for my master's that I was talking about like artist process and like how artists want these like, because a lot of our um, drag and also contemporary works like very of the time it's ephemeral like no one documents like their process or like mm -hmm. what they're thinking about or like how the performance should go later on if it's um bought or reperformed. Mm -hmm. so I, I love that you do that you put your inspirations i think that's amazing to do i i've started to do that sometimes when i do like looks or whatever but like mm. I n never for performance because i'm lazy um, <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think i think i'm just like have a natural inclination to do it. i just I love it. Also, it's like, I just want attention. Um, <laughs> and I just like, um, but I think um, not only does it help me, because then I'm like, oh yeah, like I, I'm like, it doesn't just, I feel like some people I think forget there's like a context for like how we put work out there and like how we're inspired. And I feel like it also, I feel like could give permission to someone else to like think something totally um, subtle or random could yeah. be could really bring you creativity and I feel like yeah. things that spark that can are not necessarily just everything you've been told you know to be inspired by so I think when I share it like it can like I think what I did a lucky charms mask recently oh and my I was God, just I like that was amazing. <laughs> oh like my brain is just my brain is just like a lot of like synapses going off at one thing yeah, it's like yeah. oh, okay I could do something about Saturday morning what could be a Saturday morning oh cereal and then I'm like oh which one and like I actually don't really eat didn't really eat lucky charms that much I just did it for this thing because there was so wiki is my like life mm -hmm. i would like live yes. for wiki holes like that's like oh people God. go on like youtube wormholes wiki is my wormhole Me too. so <laughs> i'm always like what is like the story behind lucky charms and like the lucky charms one was a deep dive it was really fun because like each, each charm represented a different magic power yeah what? and they were yeah. and they weren't like um generic like oh. one was like um I don't know if it was like the shooting star. Oh no, the heart. Mm -hmm. The heart was, it wasn't like, oh love. It was animating objects that are inanimate and then also ending them, like making them stop living. Was like that explanation. Whoa. One was levitation. <laughs> one was, um, oh, I forget. Oh, like being able to talk talk to Animals. other things so okay. yeah so yeah so i was like oh my god like the lore of it was amazing especially that they're like created into these icons so like my brain is just like oh this is me like it starts yeah. to really feed it and then like then i was looking at like snm masks to like figure out like mm -hmm. how to construct this thing and yeah. like thinking about it um so i hope that like when i post it that people get uh inspired and then also like when i do it it really awakens I like all I call these like little sleeper cells like because mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you like don't know what other people are really interested in but if you yeah. bring it up like I feel like oh my gosh like for something I did I, I um I referenced Avatar mm -hmm. The Last yeah. Airbender mm -hmm. which is my favorite animated thing mm -hmm. one of like, like probably of all time and mm -hmm. so when I said that there were so many nightlight people were like hey I love this too and I was like what I I uh, it was amazing so yeah. like I feel like you find other, you know, other people that are really interested in other kind of like funky little subcultures or yeah. things or know more about things. It's a really great kind of 
conversation starter. So I love that about it too. Yeah, I love when you post like whatever you're watching because it's usually like some sort of anime. Because <laughs> like, like I only am into Sailor Moon and Pokemon yeah. like as yeah. far as anime goes. But I love to like learn about other types of anime because yeah. there's so much. I there's don't know so what's much. good or what's mm. bad. Total. I don't either. You know, like, really, I really <laughs> actually only watch anime because Avatar's over. That's oh, all the reason. I only like. <laughs> so I'm talking about the original. I'm talking yeah. about. I'm not talking about Qatar or any of the other stuff. Like yeah, Avatar, yeah. Last Airbender. I just like the X Men, X Men '90s cartoons, and then that is like my favorite animated mm-hmm. things I've ever seen. And like mm-hmm. when Avatar was over, I was like later, I was like, oh, I guess I could try anime. And then like it's literally like a chasing a high. It's literally mm-hmm. like nothing is ever really that good. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> and I told somebody, I was like, I, and I asked my friend who was like really into anime and she loved the show with me. It's a show actually I watched by myself that I didn't mm-hmm. know anyone that was into it. And then later on, like a close friend of mine, I knew that we found out we were both really into it. And so she watched a lot of anime and her name's Nicole. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like, what anime should I watch? Like, mm-hmm. it's going to fill this hole. And she was like, it's never going to happen. Like, she was like, wow. I watched a ton of anime. She was like, you're just going to just deal with like, that's the somewhat closest like you'll get. And I was like, okay. So, um, <laughs> I have watched, I feel like I've watched some really good, good ones, but it's true. Mostly that it's not ever going to yeah. do it, but it's literally just a little void in my heart that Aww. I'm like, Oh, I remember when it was coming out on TV. I was still in elementary school. I'm dating myself. Way back date. I was like, woo! Um, Bring us coffee, Mark I know, right? (laughs) Um, But (laughs) I was like the only kid in my elementary school that like, knew about it and i was i was just so outside so like now that all the, my queer friends are like obsessed with it i'm like i can share this it's such yes. a cool thing. i never got into it but like i know it's like the people who love it like love obsessed. it i just yeah. i just really love it it's got this amazing i mean I could, we could just do a whole podcast, I know, podcast about that. it's just like the, the arc of its storytelling is is what is best mm-hmm. about it i believe yeah but um but of course i feel like i think anything why people you know queer stories are definitely through told through lots of like anime or like superheroes or magical fantastic i think people really can really relate (laughs) relate to that and also like the grotesque and yeah i think like there's a lot of meaty you know kind of um subculture and like um, the outsider narrative i guess totally and then fantastical narrative and like and like beauty and that and that kind of thing and Mm -hmm. darkness so Mm -hmm. um yeah avatar Avatar. really watch Um, it yeah we're gonna take a little break. Yeah. Okay. And we'll come back. Yay. <laughs> okay. Bye. Oh, wig. I feel that already. Wig. Okay. Wig. Did you just say wig? Wig. Okay. And we're back. We're back. Hey. hey. That was a lovely little break. I know. We just, we just, we just, we just talked about more there Avatar. Was a, it turned into Avatar cast. <laughs> and me being confused. Like, honestly, it's, I'm, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. We, we might have to do that for now. <laughs> I almost I almost wanted to do a viewing party of it one time. Like to like just watch the whole thing, like a brunch viewing party of it. I want to go. Um, I think I would have been too bad because I think I would have gone crazy if people were talking over it. I'm like, it needs to be respected and like, <laughs> and like done uh, correctly. Yeah. This is fine art. So I was like... <laughs> I can't handle it. Yeah, I'm like, I'll just fair. freak out. I'll be like, no, we don't deserve. Y'all don't deserve this. We I just need, need to, to watch stream it, it now. Yeah, it's it's really Where good. Where is it streaming? I don't know. Find it. We can also just have a like viewing party, you know, with ourselves. I'll totally Aww. watch it again anytime. Mm-hmm. So good. I'm so I down. Wish we had <laughs> time to do it now. <laughs>
I definitely think you're the queen of Bushwick. Oh, I don't think I'm anyone the queen else of the gets that title. <laughs> Besides mean, her child, obviously, it's her. Yeah. But if there's like oh. a queen who like oh. owns Bushwick, oh. as far as performance-wise, oh. I think it's totally you. I, oh, thanks. <laughs> how, you how you were, you were, I was going to say, yeah. you, were the, um, you were the only queen I knew when I first moved here that was on Bushwick. And like I stayed the whole night just and I like slowly crept towards the stage to go see you. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I've yeah, talked about that story sweet. a couple times. Uh, yeah. So um, but you. yeah, because I um we talked Very about kind. it previously, but um I learned about Brooklyn drag through um Caitlin's um involvement on um Hey Queen. Queen. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which yeah. is also how I met Untitled. Oh yeah. yes, yes. It was like it's a whole nice weird because yeah. I, I had heard about you. Like, it was just a name I heard, I kept hearing about, but I didn't know who you were, because I was currently, like, in L.A., so not in the scene at all. But I was like, all right, let's just go with her. And then, yeah. boom, here we are. Yeah. On the podcast right now. That's so nice. It's but a nice introduction. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But as far as Bushwick goes, how did you get involved with that originally? Oh, um, one, I love Bushwick. It's my favorite time of the year. Um, it's my, you know, literal favorite event. Um, it's not just because my best friend runs it. Um, horchata. But, um... Actually, so I had, um, I started in June 2012 doing drag, and so I won um, Dragnet, and that was like around August, I think I won, and um, so I was becoming really good friends with Mary around that time, and I was doing like kind of a lot of drag going out, and then... I get a call from her being like, hey, girl. <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> hey, girl. You want to do an outdoor festival? It's like a day. End of September. And like then I said yes. We all said yes to everything. I was like, duh, I'm down. Like, let's do it. <laughs> and I didn't know Horchata that well. Like, I think um, I think she judged me in one of the Dragnets. Uh, like, one of the like earlier Remembering, parts of the months. Yeah. But um, I wasn't um, friends with her at the time and Mary um she's so she's the one that uh, that got me into it because they were very close friends at the time and then so that was the first one and I was able to perform and then um and then I got very close with Horchata and then have been involved um ever since I've been every single one um mm-hmm. and uh yeah and like so the first one was only one day and it had 50 performers, I believe. Wow. And we had a oh, shirt. Wow. <laughs> the, first, the first shirt had all the names on it, but like not really. And they were like, some of them were misspelled, but it was like awesome. It was an awesome attempt Aww. to like have it. Cause like, oh, I think so I lost that shirt, which is really sad. Oh, but it no. had like the names on the back and it was at Secret Project Robot um, in Bushwick. So that was like its birthplace. And um, the old location, the old location. Yeah. Yeah. So the old location was a super DIY. I mean, it's always this very, you know, like DIY space that was like music slash, you know, performance venue. And it had an outdoor and indoor section. And like we used to call it, I mean, we don't call it. It was always this kind of like drag performer, like obstacle course, because (laughs) everything was like uneven wooden planks because they built all the things themselves but like it was meant to be like super like homemade and like funky but like most of it was gravel so all you would see is just like heels like flying into it and just everyone just being like barely getting to the stage and like it was super ragtag and like the spirit of Bushwig was like super like fun homemade like everyone's out together and we're like gonna just all perform like as a whole festival and it really um my understanding from chada is that it was supposed to be a one-off and like chada like um 
people for people who don't know, like she, um, she and Mary have like, you know, really extensive backgrounds in event producing and Chato is like really big into like music festivals, DJ mm. stuff. And, you know, she is from, um, San Antonio, Texas, but, um, did a lot of stuff in Austin. So when she came here, she saw like this big potential in this oh, um, neighborhood and being like, there's a lot of stuff going on. We should just throw this big one off. And then of course it's like, it grew, it went from one day to two days and then it outgrew secret project robot and then it we did under underdonk was one space it was in and then it went to knockdown center and then since knockdown center has grown like mm-hmm. exponentially it's crazy so, international now yeah like, so it was yeah. this like really amazing kind of like backyard buzz you know during what we called the brooklyn renaissance where everybody just was coalescing in this neighborhood and going off with all these amazing talented performers musicians fashion designers models all this stuff so bushwick was a real kind of like um joiner of all these people um for a weekend yeah yeah. what i like about bush bushwick is like it's our version of wigstock so yeah Yeah. i look at the wigstock like era like early 90s not the current one like early 90s i'm just like so upset like i was four years old i'm like why did my parents take me like you know because i was living in new york i was like just so sad i'm missing out on that time of when drag yeah. was at its golden age. But I feel like Bushwig is our version of that. Like, totally. I mean, I think it totally takes up, picks up yeah. and literally picks up the torch. Cause like Bunny yeah. gave um, yeah. Chada the torch and has come to so many of the Bushwigs and really made it, you know, a continuation, I think of the same spirit. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Like I just, it's, it's what I love. And yeah. even though drag cons happening at the same time this year, like I really, I know where I'm I really curious how that's going to go, but yeah, I'm going to be at Bushwick. <laughs> I think, I think just Bushwick has a very separate audience. Than yeah. Drag I think audience. so too. Yeah. And there's your di- 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 different things. I think. Yeah, I agree. Also Bushwick um, yeah. like gets way cr- more crowded at night and drag cons during the day. Totally. And ends at like I think like, six, seven I o'clock. think <laughs> like drag is really amazing for very young very young audience you know and like and for them it's wonderful like i think that's amazing like i'm talking about like toddlers to you -hmm. know you know preteens all that i feel like they're really living a really spectacular like spectacular and really special moment that you know that can't be offered in a lot of places and like um so that's that's really special i don't know how much it holds for like me but like <laughs> haven't gone you know unless you really want to buy something i think you know yeah. it's like a you know, really great mall to like find everybody and then yeah. like see all your friends like have booths and stuff but you know bushwick i think is a totally different mm-hmm. other yeah. thing i mean we, we tell i call bushwick it's like we are I, I think it's what i imagine when people called you know like the 60s summer of love what you know yeah woodstock wigstock all that stuff yeah. like that it's a gathering of you know friends and family and like you know family you don't know you have yeah like all these you know people really can feel like they can be themselves mm-hmm. and it's not um uh it's about your local celebrities it's about yeah. people you've never heard about um yeah. people from all over the country around the world and like we're performing for each other it's a really like people come to bring their a game so that they really want to um express themselves but also really impress people Absolutely. like and really make a stand so it's yeah. not this kind of like i think as kind of commercialized you know thing about kind of to sell your performances or sell you know it's a really like gathering to like really see some cool shit yeah. Yeah. all day yeah yeah, yeah. I, well i love the um like the national aspect of it because mm-hmm. i interviewed so many queens for my book and like the only time i've ever gotten to meet them is at Bushwick because they'll come from all over the country just to be there and perform and it's just like such an exciting way to see people it's, who I would never ever it's amazing with. I always tell people about well, like if you've never been to Bushwick 
like and you want to come to new york at a certain time like come here if you're like interested yeah. in seeing drag I'm like you'll see everything you can stay for two hours and see people you know like i do it because like i mean of course i do because i love it but like <laughs> i i think i see people i've never seen perform yeah. especially when, when troops come like oh my god yeah like groups from like new orleans or austin yeah. or london and you get to see a whole group like do their thing uh it's like you know, mm-hmm. it's amazing to be a patron and an audience member and a performer. Like, yeah. it's all great. My favorite thing to do is like the first like hour or two, I just walk around. I'm like, who's here? <laughs> Where are the yeah. girls? <laughs> well, I call it a super like family reunion. Yeah. Oh, like you're really bad. like seeing people like maybe even haven't seen in like a long time. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I agree. Do you have any um, favorite performances from Bushwick? From Bushwick? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because th- I feel like yours are always so memorable. Oh. And I, I feel like everyone's also always waiting for you to perform, oh, especially in the recent yeah. years. I feel like uh, I feel like Bushwick, I'm like, when I think about like best performers, I don't think about like one person. I feel like it's just like a shared lot of like performances that I've like loved. Like, oh, my God, this has been so I'm like now I'm like, oh, my gosh, I think I mean, I'm like, I think it's the first time I ever saw Neon Calypso perform. Yeah. And I think a lot of people that like yeah. I was freaking out like. Yeah. Where I was also like by the stage, so I could like slam on the ground because we were just oh, like, yeah. "What is happening?" So like, it was so crazy. she just like blew out. I mean, like how she always does. But yeah. I think like, but we weren't prepared. Yeah. No, yeah. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't there was, prepared. There was me with this Toto last year. She like fucking stormed the whole stage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was that's so good. Yeah. Toto. <laughs> um, um uh, now I can't. I'm like, trying to think of like. Uh, I mean. What about your own? Oh, my own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can think about of other me. people, too. Um, I mean, I think all my sisters have done, like, really good ones. Lucy's done some really good ones that I've always loved. And um, Mary's done some really, really wild, like, crazy ones. Um, I don't even think of... Um, yeah, like, ones that freaked out. I think Neon really was one because I think I had never, ever seen her before. So that was, like, really, really, really took me in. Um... Oh, of my own. Yeah. Um, I think ones that, I think one that I was really proud of was the um, the Battle Hymn of the Republic was the one that I did was the Judy Garland one. Um, uh, what year was that? That was the twenty twenty fifteen, I think. Uh-huh. Um, I think that one I was just like. I've only done it once. I've only done it for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really connected and it's just this beautiful, you know, it's that glory, glory, hallelujah mm-hmm. song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like, it's the version of like Judy Garland singing and like she's older and she was going to sing it um, for, I believe, the assassination of JFK, like uh, oh, wow. after he died as in memorial, but mm-hmm. she didn't get a chance to or for some reason they didn't didn't let her do it. So then she sang it on her show being like, I was going to sing this. I think it's mm-hmm. a really beautiful song that's seldom sung. And so like, that's the one I did. And like, I had this, like, <laughs> I made this like Victorian like thing. Like I, I just like safety pinned all these like outfits I had together onto this like <laughs> dress. So like, I was like, Oh yeah. I'm like, if I had discovered safety pins, like to use that instead of trying to sew all this shit, I would have like really had a lot more stuff going on earlier. <laughs> um, and I did that. And like, I bought this like childhood or child's toys, like um, armor. And I had this like fake plate. Like I wore like breastplate on top of it. Um, and I was just like, I thought it was really cool. And like, it just was like really great. And then like people sang along at the end and like in the, in the chorus. And um, I love that one. And also like, I really remember it because, um, the New York Times covered it, and like Ooh. the picture oh. from that one is of Horchata and me are like next to each mm-hmm. other in the photo, and then it's like breaking breaking boundaries in New York drag, and like I remember being like 
now I can die. Now it's like, <laughs> now I can jump in front of the bus like pretty freely. <laughs> like, it's okay because I had this one moment and it was like Michael Musto, like, like you know, oh. interviewed me and like it was a paragraph about like, you know, detailing like what they thought about my work. So yeah, that for me was like a really big moment for me. Yeah, Bush Wow. Oh, so many good things out yeah. of Bushwick. <laughs> well, sweet. Speaking of big moments, you also are part of the nightgowns. Yes. Team. Yes. How did you get involved with that? Um, so uh, I met Sasha um kind of late on. So I feel like a bunch of us that, you know, that are a really tight core in like what we call North Brooklyn um, performing, you know, sort of met each other around 2012 and we're working really hardcore with each other, especially in the first three years. And I think, I forget if she came around 2014. I'm not going to mess all the dates up, but I think she came, you know, a little bit later. And so um, she'd been doing, you know, performing and stuff, but like um, she was this like kind of sleeper hit. Like, um, but what was crazy is everyone had met her, pretty well before me like a lot of my friends and i remember i was getting a note from christopher she sent me a message and was like hey you need to come meet this person sasha you're gonna love her she does all this stuff and like uh she was doing a lot of christopher's uh shows yeah. dude so and then i was like yeah sure okay i'll do it and then mary at one time too was like hey there's this girl she did a bizarre thing like you should check her out like you guys would totally get along and i was like all right and i just hadn't made it out and like then I remember getting another note from Christopher and was like, this is ridiculous. You've waited a long time like, and you still haven't met her. Like, You just need to do this. And I was like, all right. Okay, so I remember it was Bizarre did, um, Bizarre Bar, um, did a uh, night that was like performers who, who had shows there. And <clears> so, <throat> you know, she was one of them. And I met her. And she's one of those people that like, when I saw her, we just like, smiled and I was like we just like understood like it's just you're speaking the same language mm-hmm. and I was like hi she's <laughs> like hello and like we'd already kind of like known a bit about each other and like it was you know really really tight connection I think like you know artistically intellectually and you know she's really kind and so um she invited me to do a nightgowns after meeting her there and this is when it was at Bazaar mm-hmm. and I was like oh this is great um, and the first one I was an eye. I did like a whole, I did an outfit where I was an eye and I thought it was really cool. And then, <laughs> um, and then she had me back again for, um, I think like their anniversary. And then this was right before she was on drag race. And so then after she was on drag race, she moved it to sawdust and I did the first one. Yes. And then she asked me back for the next one. And then they were like, then they asked me to be a resident cast member mm-hmm. and then I was like what this is crazy <laughs> and so I was the first they, person they asked and it, um and which was a huge you know I couldn't believe it. it was really really nuts and um you know really kind of her to like uh you know bring me into this whole kind of production family and um yeah what is, so. what's it been like working with her I know she's very particular about lighting that's all <laughs> <I'm talking> about <laughs> that's funny let's, let's be real um, who is like, it Sasha's like known for that um, you know she's a very I mean she's super talented she's very um, dedicated um, I think she's a very particular artist yeah. uh, when it comes to her work um, you know she's got a really high standards um for how she likes her work to be produced and um, created. And um, uh, I mean, it's a dream, you know, it's a dream. I mean, I think 
I mean, again, I'm really fortunate, really lucky. I've gotten into this scene, especially Brooklyn drag, is very welcoming to this, the way I wanted to do anything. So, like, I never felt like I had to compromise. So of course, I had to, like, you know, got booked to some, do some shows where they were like, maybe you shouldn't do something so sad. And I was like, well, I don't know about that. This is, like, my work. Um, you know, like, every no now and feeling. then, like, I've had to do, like, you know, rethink it. But for, like, the most part, um, I didn't have to worry about it. And I think... Um, Brooklyn was super receptive and those audiences were really receptive and then that gave me like you know a lot of um, I think confidence in continuing this um, environment and I think when she brought me on in Valor um, the whole the whole house or you know home they basically allowed me you know they always allow me to do whatever I want, which is really amazing. Like, yeah. you know, there's no like, oh maybe you should try something else or maybe it should be an adjustment it was really just like this is, you know, you do what you want and they say like, how can we help you make it better? Like, mm-hmm. and that's it. Like, so all these sort of technical and like what's really more developed and more <laughs> nuanced about, um, nightgowns is that it's production quality and oh, its yeah. capabilities allow for kind of larger installation, larger kind of, um, t- technical, um, abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course it's reach is um, considerable for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's what's, you know, really, it's really exciting because like they're there to like help me make my manifest my dreams. And like, they really, I think I've been able to really dream big, you know, mm-hmm. as far as like stage pictures and, you know, video projection and stuff like that. So um, yeah, that's been pretty, you know, revolutionary in my, my work there at least. Well, I think you're like, I think when, because Sasha always announces people before they come on. And mm-hmm. when you get announced, like, people are very excited. Because we never know what you're going to bring. I'm always an audience <laughs> I member. never know either. Yeah, like, oh, right. we never know what you're going to bring. But, like, yeah. I, I think, like, the crowd always is very, like, hushed and quiet. Oh, and, like, so wants to, yeah. like, take yeah. in whatever mm-hmm. it is that you have to say. And, like, you're always like, oh, how did I do? And I'm always just like, we were so captivated. Oh, I don't even so know nice. what was going on. So, like, so it was nice. so nice. <laughs> but, um... One of my favorite performances of yours was at the recent Pride Gowns, which was for June, the mm-hmm. Nightgowns edition. You did about the trans women who had been killed just that month. Or, or it, was, it was this year. Or it's, oh, it this was up year. to the year. Yeah, okay. it was the year so to the date. Oh, date, yeah. 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 So it was like very current, the amount of trans women who had been killed and you did a number talking about that. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it made me very emotional. And I, I know, like, I definitely was crying at the end of it. Oh, and I feel yeah. like a lot of people probably felt the same way. That's one of my favorite oh, moments of God. you ever oh. doing Nightgowns. Night <laughs> yeah. Do you have any more, too? Oh, oh, oh. I mean, what, what, what one can I not name, <laughs> yeah. honestly? I, I don't want to turn this into making you uncomfortable with um, me just giving you compliments. Oh. But <laughs> Too late. Oh. Um, I, I always think about um, Keep Your Name by the Dirty Projectors. Yeah. Um, it's um i've seen it i've only seen it once live and that was at bushwick Bushwick. 2017 Mm -hmm. and um but it changed like my whole outlook on like how to perform was um because i i know we we emote (laughs) using our facial structures but you're the first person to i've seen emote with their fingertips (laughs) and (laughs) and it's it's a very signature style it's very a signature style and um yeah i always credit you for um giving me that like insight i was wondering how you developed that too oh Um, um i don't even know um i mean honestly i feel like my approach really 
I feel like a lot of people don't talk about this that much. Um, one of my approach to things is I don't usually think about the external things as emoting. I think about it as it's like an inside out. Okay. So, um, you know, I work a lot on I mean, this. I have like I always say I have the dollar ninety nine version of like the actor studio training like <laughs> um, inside the actor studio because I dated for four years an actor uh, um, who was a graduate of that program. So gotcha. that's like the program that's you know known around the world for you know the biggest method actors mm-hmm. of you know time. And yeah. um, when I was dating them, I was in grad school myself. They had already finished, and I learned a lot of these techniques that really put you in touch um emotionally and conceptually with work and so it's a lot of those things that i approach my um my project or you know my pieces as so i feel like it's never really that i'm trying to like make a sad face or make a really like agonized face it's mm-hmm. more like i'm trying to i use a song i call like, every song i think of as a play and like the words or the script and it's the narrative and how mm-hmm. i try to create a reality through mm-hmm. performing it yeah. and you know and then these movements to me feel natural in communicating it and um and i think it's kind of funny it's like i now know become known for doing my hand things but i think like <laughs> um i something how i've like feel like i've expressed music and I've always really loved syncopated like tight music changes being mm-hmm. reflected in movement and yeah. so like um so I'm you know really influenced I've also like loved various things like dance like that that's mm-hmm. like really sharp you know of course like voguing but then like you know <laughs> you know break dancing that yeah. kind of a thing where like you're really responding to like sound and movement is really seen and like the kind of like percussive really you know minute movements yeah and um then I just went crazy and I went, I just, <laughs> <laughs> then I just like went nuts and I was like, I think I just really used to do a lot in the shower. And then I was like <laughs> by myself and I was like, I should just like do this. And I think I did it once a lot for, I did a Joanna Newsom number where I was a harp and mm-hmm. that's really when I come because there's so much plucking uh, in it. And yeah. so then I was like, Oh, I really just like going to keep going. And then it, that was like kind of the beginning of the dive. Uh, um, so yeah, I feel like that's sort of how it, um, kind of emanated or you know developed. well something else you do that i guess recently that i've really never seen any um queens do is um doing your own monologues but having it recorded and then lip syncing i to it. love that <laughs> i've never seen like a queen do a full-on monologue of themselves and like lip sync to themselves it's such a cool idea i mean i think so i mean some people have i mean i definitely like um I definitely didn't invent it. I, no, um, no, yeah, sure. yeah. But yeah. like, um, Thor, Thor. Um, so when I was coming into drag, when I was a young queen, um, she was someone really big. She still is, um, in my yeah. world. But when I remember when I meet, met her, I was like, Oh my gosh, she's amazing. And like, she did a lot of, this is the kind of shit I love of hers. I don't know. Like she still does some of it, but like she would do tons of these weirdo mashups and it would be like her recording herself. And she is another person like lightning precision. Oh, I know. Like lip sync movement, face movement. Yeah. Really. And I think like she really, you know, captures that in a different way. And like, um, 
Uh, and she also used to work with this group called Backspace, mm-hmm. um, who are these amazing dancers slash drag performers from mm-hmm. Ohio. And there was another drag queen named Crystal Something Something. Oh yeah, again, yeah. super precision, super. So I definitely wasn't you know totally inspired by those those people. Um, and Thorsey just like recorded a lot of stuff, and her stuff was weird. She'd do like lots <laughs> of like m- like movie things mixed in with like her reaction, and then like <laughs> voice altered, and then like super on the beat like they were just really amazing so um but i found it recently because in the residency that i did the past year the one that had a show for shift i was thinking about having the um rosemont show was supposed to be or proposed to be a play like an art play Mm -hmm. is what i thought about it so i was writing these scripts for this play and then i was like oh i was like i could just transfer this into like a spoken monologue um and like they can be like an artist statement. And then I thought like it came to be like, oh, this could be interested. It's like I record it and then I'm learning to lip sync it. In some ways it also helped me so that I didn't have to just be on the mic and just talking, talking, yeah, talking. And yeah. something about it really like appealed to me being like, this is in my own words. This is why I'm really loving about it because I'm able to express it myself the way I've written it. And so mm-hmm. like I think of them as prose poetry and um how I really like to express things. So I feel like my Instagram captions are the same way. I'm really interested, like love writing these like in-depth things and like verging on the poetic, not verging, they're poetic to me. And um, yeah, and I feel like this is a new tool to really insert myself and not just rely on kind of found material and like blending it. So um, yeah, they're really hard though because <laughs> um, I don't, like I don't hate the sound of my voice, but like normally when you memorize songs, at least for me, like, you always makes it easier when you really love the material. You want to listen to yeah. it all the time, all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want to listen to that <laughs> thing, like a five minute, like 30 seconds of me talking about something. And then I'm like, fuck. And I always have it only within like days of when I need it. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm going to write it, write it, write it. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. finally edit it and record it. And then I'm like, shit, I've got like two days to like make sure <laughs> it looks fine. That like yeah. I'm getting it. So yeah. they're, they're di- difficult, but I really, really, really enjoy doing it. I think they're so cool. And talking about the poetic, I think we're going to ha- take a break. Oh, yeah, we are going to take a little a break. A little bit more <laughs> yeah. about poetry. Okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah, bye. We're back. We're back. Yeah. We all had to go potty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and speaking of poetry, since that's where we left <laughs> off. Yeah. <laughs> Your recent Brooklyn Ball was mm-hmm. about Walt Whitman, mm-hmm. Leaves of Grass. Yes. Tell us about Brooklyn Ball. So the Brooklyn Ball is my charity event that I throw every year. Um, so this was the second one. And basically, it's an event that was inspired by a lot of charity events I was seeing um, going on like wall breaker. Um, and I mean, a lot of people were doing lots of charity elements, raffle mm-hmm. elements within their parties, a wall breaker and baby tea, um, uh, Tyler oh, yeah. Ashley's party, um, uh, raising significant funds for, you know, at risk communities, including our own. And I'd also in that time, a lot of them were coming up, of course, in resistance to, you know, the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also I went to life ball, um, three years ago and so um i was really inspired by um that event because it was just like huge spectacle joyous event Mm -hmm. um you know it raises uh funds and awareness for um aids people living with aids and hiv and i was like wow like it's not this like oh you know 
we're here to help you and like it's a somber kind of thing or like it's a duty thing it's like life is celebratory life is amazing like life Mm -hmm. is like joy and costumes and people and like love and Mm -hmm. you know raising money and i was like wow like how could i bring a little piece of this home and you know because i love brooklyn and i you know our community is so vibrant filled with so many amazing artists and cultural leaders and Mm -hmm. amazing poc um you know yeah, leader, cultural leaders, I'd call them. So I came up with the Brooklyn Ball to celebrate this community, but then also to raise money for a charity within a Brooklyn charity. Um, and it's very um, kind of, I would call it homegrown grassroots mm-hmm. um, effort because it's all individual giving. So it's not um, any corporate sponsorship. And it also... Um, it's very important for me, like the, in the event, it's very, has a very low ticket price, uh, as yeah. far as like a lot of galas, because mm-hmm. many of them that are held, you know, um, many of the people that it supports couldn't afford to go. Um, and for myself and my experience, <clears throat> having gone to them, it's like, a, you know, I've only gone, been gone to them because I'm either performing at them or I'm mm-hmm. a guest because I've been drag and like, um, but otherwise if I, I could never afford those tickets and, I always was like, this is a really silly, really strange gap and really racist, um, you know, economical, yeah. like non-diversity. And so it was really important to me for this to be a really community built event. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's a big costume um, party. We love a good excuse. It's, it's, I, everybody loves a theme. This is it's, things I've learned. Know, it's like, yeah. everyone I loves know. a theme. And, you know, I think also I call it partying with purpose. Everybody loves a good cause and so when you feel like you can like join you know uh, a cause for charity with your nightlife partying that you you know and then with other people that are doing the same thing it it creates the most amazing atmosphere it's my my favorite thing that i do me so. too <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like prom yeah. but i didn't really like my prom so i it's feel a queer like prom. It, queer i prom. feel like it's queer prom yeah like i get to do it over yeah <laughs> i love that yeah 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 I, don't get me started. <laughs> uh, I think like Bush Week is like a like, queer holiday. Oh, you know, yeah. like, people say queer Christmas, but like queer holiday. And like, mm-hmm. if I thought this is queer prom, it's like perfect. It's exactly that. It's like dress to some theme as like little as much as you want. Yeah. And then like come together with everyone else that's doing the same thing. And like, what's amazing to me is that like the party, it's not just like me presenting something and then like it's pushed like in front of other people. It's like they, everyone makes the party. Mm-hmm. Like I like, the all the looks are the party the people are the party like that's like really comes back it's like it's for these people by Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. and like i don't know what anyone's gonna look like you know like fully so when i get there it's like a party for me i'm like whoa and like first of all everyone always outdoes me so no that is not true true. true. you do like four different looks well like i learned that from chada chada taught me how to do multiple looks because like basically when i would go to bushwick she would have like her whole closet Mm -hmm. all of her wigs and i was like oh this is how chada Mm -hmm. taught me a lot about a lot of things (laughs) yeah um i also should mention brooklyn ball is made with icarus Mm -hmm. who's my right hand everything and um so it's it's really built by the by the two of us and how did you choose the charity that you chose um so cal and lore community health center Mm -hmm. is fucking incredible and i had uh i had tried to do a charity thing by myself um before the ball i was like wow this shit is going down so hardcore um with all this trump was like newly elected and like um and you know like uh, continuing like transphobic uh you know and trans violence was going on and i was like what is a really good um charity that could help this community and so i did an art 
um, sale out of my apartment <clears throat> where I just sold all these originals I had lying in my stacks and being like, let me just have people over, have a little afternoon mm-hmm. and like just do this. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I asked Charlene, I was like, <clears throat> excuse me, I asked Charlene, uh, I was like, okay, what's a great, you know, trans uh, charity think that you, she was like, girl, it's the hot, uh, hot program, H-O-T-T, um, out of Callan Lord, which is their, I think stands for Health Outreach, uh, I can't remember the rest of it, but it, it's for at-risk youth, mm-hmm. um, and definitely for the trans community, where they mm-hmm. have like a van that's out on the streets that gives them like healthcare and yeah. like oh, wow. um, advice, and so she was like, this is an amazing program, do it for them, and I was like, okay, so I, that was my first um, sort of connection to them, and I donated through that sale. And then I remember reading about them that they were going to reading about this, um, expansion into Brooklyn. And I was like, wow, I like I could connect. This was before I thought about the Brooklyn ball. Mm -hmm. And I was like, maybe they would like partner up with me. And so then I knew Dean Karras, who I was just out at fire Island doing a baby tea (laughs) and Mm -hmm. Dean was there and I didn't, I was friends with them. Um, but I didn't know that they worked for Callan Lord. Like, Mm -hmm. um, about them so they they were out there doing a Callan Lord benefit and so I was like oh would y'all ever be like you know interested in being like the beneficiary for this and they're like yep done and done and then the rest is history they they um Dean helped me out a lot with the, the first one as far as like strategizing and because this is like also I don't do any event planning uh, to this degree at all yeah. and especially charity work and like yeah. sponsorship and stuff like this is a totally new world and so um it was very uh I don't know, um, different and challenging. And like, I had like 7 million like meltdowns in the first one, but like a lot of my friends like helped me. It was like, (laughs) the learning curve was really steep. So it's like, um, but everyone, my whole community, that's why it's amazing. It's like the community is there for me. And like, I had all my friends like help me out and like put something in and, you know, and it's been great. And so that past year has been awesome. Yeah. Speaking of friends that yeah. you work with, who oh, have yeah. been some of your favorite like queens to collaborate or kings? Oh or yeah, any of them. Um, I mean, it's tough because I mean, not tough. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, it's always tough to choose because I love, love lots of people. But um, you know, my core Brooklyn people I grew up with, of course, are like some of just my besties. Of course, like Lucy Balls, Horchata, Mary Cherry, um, Amber Alert, um. Christopher was one of them too. Like there's um, a lot of core people that um, I think it's really interesting when people ask, like when you get into drag, like I got into the scene, like we thought of it as this amazing explosion because none of us really thought it was this amazing special thing, like, or came into it thinking about it. Like Mm -hmm. I think now what's really different about the environment is that people are very aware that this is very popular and you know, um, this is a very uh, fast way to get a lot of um, exposure and also a lot of kind of voice, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think back then we all were like, came from lots of different um, motivations. Yeah. Like, some people really wanted to do music and then this mm. was part of it. And okay. like, like Macy Rodman, who's incredible, you know, mm. you know, pop, pop, you know, or music star. And, um, she had her party bath salts, which is where I met a lot of those people. Um, I, my first performance was at bath salts, which is a crazy punk drag show mm-hmm. that was at, um, a, a Mexican music bar. Um, oh. that was a <laughs> super like dive, like, you know, it was amazing and shitty, but like, I think now we're very, you know, the culture now is very aware of what they're doing and like yeah. of what's happening. And like back then we were kind of all just like, well, let's just go out. Like, <laughs> let's go watch people. Let's go do stuff. And like, 
um, I did it because I thought it'd be fun mm-hmm. and not really because I thought I'd get anything else from it. I never yeah. imagined that I would get, be able to create these things. Mm-hmm. It really opened mm-hmm. it up for me, but um, it was never in my wildest dreams that I would be like known for it or yeah. that I would get hired to do things mm-hmm. because of it. Um, the, and like Drag Race was on and we were into it, but it wasn't, it didn't rule our lives. It wasn't yeah. like every night you're watching it, you're doing this. Like it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't this It was kind of happening in the background, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, and like yeah. we love, I mean, first of all, the early seasons are like my favorite ones. Oh yeah, like yeah, those yeah we are talked like, about Those that. performers are fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but also like, you know, do credit for other people out there. I love Louisiana Purchase. I love yes. I love all of all the Austin Poo Poo Platter girls. Like <laughs> shout out to them because yes. they're fucking amazing. Yeah. I'm just giving a special shout out to Wheezy because she's gonna be on Dragula Yay. and she's gonna kill it. Yay. But of course, like Neon, of course, is out there in Boston. Violencia is out there and she's amazing. Also on Dragula. Yeah, also on Dragula. <laughs> all the Dragula um, girls. Love them. Also, you know, shout out to Drag Kings, Max Pleasure, yeah. Costa Vigor Mortis. Um, you know, they need their due and they're, you know, they're fucking amazing as well. I agree. Mm. Totally agree with that. <laughs> so, um, what are, one of our favorite questions to ask is what is your craziest moments in drag? Okay. Oh, in drag. I was or, one or, or just in okay. life. Or I was out. Well, it was, it was a part of in, performing. Yeah, okay. yeah. It was part of being out. All right. So my or mom, like totally sorry. Like don't listen to this part. <laughs> She's probably totally well. She'd be like, I'm going to listen to this now. Um, <laughs> I, um, so when I went to Berlin, I, the second time I went to Berlin, um, so Horchata um, goes to Europe at least like once a year. And she was always like, girl, come with me. Um, I'm going to go to Berlin. She knew like everybody. She knows everybody you were. So <laughs> she took me the uh, first year. It was so fun. And so the second year, Bushwig was a part of this festival called Yo Sissy Festival. And we fundraised and then we we went out and it ended up just being me, Mary, and Horchata. <clears throat> and um oh and uh Giant was out there. And this mm-hmm. is like one of the, my favorite shows we'd ever done. Like <clears throat> Giant open uh, did their set before ours and in this like big kind of like almost garage like space within this, you know, huge mm-hmm. uh, venue. <clears throat> so it was like part outdoors, part indoors. And we just like had a blast. It was it was really fun. It was a really great you know trip. I like really you know, Berlin is really really fun, mm-hmm. too fun. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> um, that night, I think like when we like dragged or like whatever, I think we went out the next day, and we were gonna be leaving for London. And um, I wasn't in drag, but we were still out. And so this, I met this guy. We went to like you know a bar that had like a sex club in the you know the basement. Mm-hmm. And not that like. I don't really participate in the sex clubs, whatever. But like, you know, I was like, okay, let's just like go down and like, <laughs> and I'm not in drag. And so it's really, really hot guy. Um, so, and I'm like really fucked up at this point, like mm-hmm. really drinking, like, because we're like, we're leaving tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really have to do anything. Like, yeah. we're just whatever. <clears throat> and, um, I started talking to him and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, he's total daddy. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. And so then like we go into the dark room and I totally, like, the next moment I realized, like, I'm being woken up by my friend. And this is nothing sinister has happened. Okay. Like, oh, yeah, I was like, okay. nothing, nothing no, no assault, nothing happened. And, like, I come to find out, like, the person, when they woke me up, like, both of us were completely clothed, like, sleeping. We mm-hmm. fell asleep. We were like that, like, messed up, like, like laying next to each other. That's so I was cute. like, it was cute. But I was like, <laughs> what? I was so disoriented. I was mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? And so... <clears throat> We leave, I get that guy's contact info or whatever. And um, so then when I come back, 
<laughs> to the US, to the states, and I like telling Lucy, and I was like, I fall asleep in this dark room, and then I think it's called like the Red Rooster or the Red Bull, something like that. Mm-hmm. And Lucy's like, "What? What are you talking about? That place is called?" And I was like, "It's one I'd never been to," and she was like, "That's the place where someone died in." sling they just just like died and no one knew it and people were fucking this dead like corpse um and didn't know it (laughs) that's where you fell asleep and i was like (laughs) (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't that during that trip but that that happened but but she was like are you out of your mind i was like i didn't know that story like i just went um, but that's a good that's a good one, right? That's an amazing that's, story. Yeah. I think that tops like yeah. everyone's story. Yeah. So far. Oh my god. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that to go that no, direction. <laughs> yeah, isn't that, isn't that crazy? Isn't that we're crazy? We're both very speechless. We're, yeah. yeah. Um, my mouth's a gate. Yeah. yeah uh, like, we're I thought like that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one to tell. <laughs> that <was> yeah. crazy. <laughs> but do we know yeah. if that's true, or was I, that just it's like so, an urban? No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really believe it's true because other people have been like, "Oh, it's exactly what it is," because yeah. they have specific names, and so I believe it's called uh, the Red Rooster. Like, so they were like, "It's that, yeah, it's that, you know, sex, God. sex club." Yeah. Rip, rip yeah. that one guy. Oh um, my God. Well, like well, they I mean, were happy yeah, in mean, like their afterlife. They're like, "Woo, um, yeah." <laughs> if that's the way to go, yeah, that's the way to go. <laughs> like. Yeah. It's not the worst way to go, <laughs> I guess. Um, so we have to close out. But before we go, do you have any projects that are upcoming? Yes. So in about two weeks, I'm going to perform kind of a version of an untitled show um, at this museum called the Adron um, Duckworth Art Museum mm-hmm. in New Hampshire. Uh, my friend that I went to grad school with named Ben Finer is now the director of this museum, it's a small museum. So he invited me to come out uh, to do like a specific performance. So me and um, Jess Mess, DJ Jess, the person mm-hmm. that encouraged mm-hmm. me to do drag, my DJ are going up and we're doing a whole show all about, I call it language fail. I'm calling it, um, <laughs> it's all about how, um, sort of my recent reaction to uh, Trump's tweets about the four congresswomen of color. Mm-hmm. And when that happened recently, I was like stunned. And I was like trying to formulate like a response, like Insta story something. And I couldn't, like, I literally like couldn't figure out like mm-hmm. words to like describe all the like colors of like, feelings emotions like succinctly trying to be clever trying to be like activate people trying to activate myself and i was like wow totally speechless and i was like so there's that where i feel like this that's where like language is like really having an uh, issue for me or a limitation of like how having to express accurately how i'm feeling and i feel like also in this community glbtqia plus lgbtqia plus um, queer community where you know we're finding words that have been given to us are really not suiting our needs our identities and so we're really expanding this language but there's real like um, limitation to it and um, a real need to like explore the space between these words mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the whole show is kind of about um, this what I'm calling out language fail and like how how do we begin to um, 
you know, dissect that. And um, I'm using some fun things like unpack your adjectives from Schoolhouse Rock. Hey. <laughs> because it's all like, it's a whole size. This is the beginning of the show. I'm going to say it now because I normally don't give stuff away, but like, this is going to be such a small kind of performance. And I don't know anyone in that um, town that's going to see it. But mm-hmm. like, and starting with that is like, that's a whole song about using words, how to describe your experiences when mm-hmm. people want and I'm like, this is an inability to do mm-hmm. it. And like how, like, I feel like a lot of stuff now is like unlearning things. And we we're talking about, cause we we're all in this world of like binaries, you know, especially American ideology, yeah. like mm-hmm. black, white, you know, girl, boy. And like, we're literally like kind of like suffering this kind of like d- uh, mental understanding of like what that means. Cause that's how we've been taught to mm-hmm. learn things. And so now it's kind of like, undoing this and like coming up with what it can be for ourselves and sort of like melting these kind of language things Mm. and like reforming it or you know or coming up things that are not necessarily have to do with words or speech so yeah that's my next my next big piece I'm, so exciting. Exciting. I'm sad I can't yeah, go I was gonna say, I can't go we're going to try and record it I think the, the, the director's dad I think is going to record it so yeah. I'm like Yay. I hope his dad and like his mom don't walk out oh. from it I totally be like this is totally boring oh, no. but uh, we're going to bring all of our you know A++++ game and yeah. um, you know scandalize New Hampshire um, and I know you probably can't talk about it but um, our little birdie told us that you might be on our TV screen soon uh, yeah. or computer screen <laughs> or computer screen some mobile screens. Mobile screens. Um, yes. You know, there is an announcement that um, Sasha is getting a kind of, they call it the spinoff, but it's her own yeah. um, uh, eight episode uh, short form series mm-hmm. on this new platform called Kibbe, um that's made for like these um, short form yeah, creatives to mm-hmm. share the work that's really mobile friendly to stream. Which I think is really interesting and really cool because it's kind of like, most mini webisodes that um, within the creative field. And mm-hmm. so they're going into how nightgowns is created and made and kind of like dissecting what the process is to create that show. Amazing. Yes. I look forward to that. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, nightgowns is one of my favorite things ever. I You're agree. definitely part of that yeah. as well. So. It's an amazing show. And yeah. It would be really it great is. for people to think to see or, you know, curious to see how that um, production is put together. Yeah. So, I always yeah. love just people's reactions. Who People who don't know who you are and they get to see you for the first time. Because oh. Nightgowns tends to get, like, new audiences every month yeah. who are not very familiar with, like, the Brooklyn drag scene outside of Sasha. But, totally. Like, Sasha's obviously the draw right. for them. Yeah. So I just always love people's reactions. Oh, I love it. Too. I mean, I, I mean, it's huge for me. It's, I love being able to perform for new yeah. audiences. And they're, they're a very attentive yes. and very, like, receptive audience to, you know, um, you know, thought or, you know, really like, de- you know, developed kind of narratives within stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, really intelligent audiences. So um, that's always super fun. Yay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. For thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, this is honestly oh a dream gosh, come true. Yeah, I've wanted really to interview you for years. Oh, very, very kind. So thank you. Thank you so much thank for coming you. to us. I'm Artir. I'm C. Tepper. And this was Wigging Out. Bye. <laughs>